All right. What's up, Anthony? How are you, man? Johnny, how you doing, man? Good to see you again. I know, I know. Uh, we're hanging out here, everybody. Welcome to Soup to Nuts with Big Tony and John. We're here to just talk about whatever comes to our minds, bullshit with you a little bit, and have a good time. So, Dude, branding, uh, by the way, for everybody out there who doesn't earlier know that. But yeah, that's just uh, FYI for everybody else who wants to know what happened to our first branding. So, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to rebrand this thing like probably what? 10 times before we settle in on a name, yeah. and color, a look, yeah. color, a font. I will, yeah, so don't be expect, don't be shocked when all of a sudden we come back next week with a different name and you're wondering what happened to the last name. It, it, it's a work in progress, folks. So just please bear with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's funny, man. Uh, yeah, we were just talking like before the, the call when we jumped on about uh, how I'm dealing with rain because I was walking outside on the phone and then, yes, it started raining in LA again. Uh, but yeah. do you get any snow? Do you get any no, snow back well, In the Northeast is just, you know, this is just their Matt season for just snow, depression, and gray sky. So I highly suggest you can the means to get away to warmer climates, do so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Northeast is obviously a place where it, it's an acquired base. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to jump ship any moment now. So please, um, it's definitely depressing outside, you know, being February. So Anthony was still ready to jump ship. He just built a new house. I but yeah, I built a new house. I think I probably got ahead of myself before, you know, when I built this house. Um I I can't explain it. I, I really don't see myself being in this house much too longer. I think I underestimated the fact I'm getting up there in age and that snow just really kind of makes me depressed this time of the year. Honestly, I really would love to sell this house right now and just go to warmer climate. So well, you can come pay California taxes and live. No, I can't do that, man, because honestly, I'd be like, you know, jumping from the fire to the frying pan right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. And like, I know I've lived here 15 years and you went, you've, you've come out, you've come out, what, three or four times now? Yeah. And like, so I don't back, think you're going to move. No, I mean, listen, like the weather in California, no one's going to doubt. It's like the weather, you can't touch that weather in Southern California. But every time I've gone there, I had to come back and get a new tetanus shot. I mean, it was just like, ridiculous. Nah, it was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God, man. So now what's new, man? What'd you guys do this weekend? What, what were you up to with the fam? Well, you know, it's funny you said that. Um, we actually, today, we... We actually went to a restaurant. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's actually called the um, Elm Street Diner in Stanford, Connecticut. I believe it was on the Food Network. Have you ever heard of this place? No. Nah. No. So this is a place where if you go on their Instagram, you'll see, you know, just like this cascade and really like a over-the-top food platters they do. It's not like a traditional diner where you sit down 24 hours. It's actually meant to provide kind of gimmicky sort of over the top entrees that you probably wouldn't expect. You know, I know in Vegas, well, you know, for example, like today I actually had the Chipotle skirt steak and eggs today. And I would say like the platter was the size of my thigh. Like literally it was actually over the top. Um, well, for anybody that doesn't know, Anthony's got gigantic thighs, so that's yeah. Uh, I mean, even just like the average person, like who's you know, well, you know, the average person's forearm is probably it's probably you no, know, like probably you know, probably no bigger than a foot. But this platter was unbelievably like I was intimidated by it. <laughs> and, and what are they known for? Because you showed me like this guy, he loved it so much, he's sending me pictures while he's there. The, yeah, they have these Sundays that have what donuts, crepes. 
Yeah, so like, um, have a, they, like almost like a Bloody really, Mary, but yeah, so they really stand by this again, this over the top, in your face dessert presentation. Presentation, yeah, exactly. I mean, you think, yeah, I couldn't believe the words. And you know, if you've ever been to one of these nostalgic places, this is a place that literally doesn't really cheap you out. So when they give you dessert, they literally will stack a dessert cup, but they'll pack it with donuts i think they had like a half a pound of pound cake with i think also uh uh what do you call that ice cream the one with the strawberries in it it was um strawberry oh, ice cream uh strawberry short that's a strawberry shortcake ice cream uh, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was different. uh plus they had like cookies in it and it really isn't just like presented like just you know just here you i mean it's really snacked i mean from like uh, honestly you probably have a good almost half a foot of just like dessert i know if we had a media team we'd be like hey cue up a picture of that you know getting it on the screen right now no yeah and i'd have it floating like right above my head or something <laughs> the, you know the type of food they serve here to be frank um if you've ever been to vegas they have a restaurant out there it's called if i'm not mistaken oh god i was talking with a friend about it it was like serendipity no it's actually worse than that uh it's called the it's so on vegas they have a place called a heart attack grill you ever heard of it before no, that's so it's it's a real big. It's like what you'd expect, where they are really promoting poor eating habits and just attracting a lot of obese people to just increase their daily calories and cholesterol. I believe, like, if you're able to wipe out a platter in this restaurant in this heart attack grill within a certain time, you walk out literally with probably three times calories yeah three times the calories the average person should be having just with sloppy burgers and just greasy food and you walk out literally with a patient gown being like congratulations you didn't die and this place you know elm street diner is kind of like that a little bit where while they're not promoting overeating and you know sort of like poor eating habits they're really promoting like just poor quality of food but just in a large quantity um okay. Well, yeah, I, mean, I got to tell you though, I, I let me just interject because I don't go to Vegas for moderation. I don't go to Vegas to, you know, have a low key time on anything, whether it's food, clubbing, gambling, or anything else. So I go to Vegas for the excess. So if there's a place called the Heart Attack Grill and they're serving a platter that could put you in the back of an ambulance, sign me the fuck up. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, say that. Don't be surprised when your ankles swell up like balloons and all of a sudden the doctor puts you on like cholesterol pills because like your heart. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, can't eat for a week. Really with, man. Um, but that's this place, Elm Street Diner was just like that. As a matter of fact, I was surprised I didn't see Adam Richmond there from Man vs. Food. This would be actually up his alley. And like, I can't stress enough. They're more on quantity versus like quality. Oh, no, yes, you know. They do good quality there, but like you, you're walking into this thing, it you know, as a treat. This is a place you go once a year if you're lucky. If you go more than once a month, I mean, that's like got a bunch of places. You know, you know what's another one like that? Mm. Those Brazilian trascaries, like you know, they come around, they slice off with the sword. That they yeah, the meat on the stick, and you got the little red, the red, that's yellow, and green. 
it's not even in the same ballpark as this place. Like that place has more quality to it, whether you want to believe that or not, <laughs> compared to what I ate today. I literally have to go to my doctor next week and just ask, listen, what am I doing? <laughs> One place that I have been eating every day or nearly every day is that place you told me about. Finally, after 15 years, I settled in on that pizza place, Joe's Pizza. Joe's, they have yeah. like, a, a, you know, about six to eight places around LA. And I, I'm telling you, I have had to hit every one of them because I don't want them to see me coming as often as I do in the same place. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know pizza is not a big West Coast thing, despite what Nathan might say. I've been out to California and the West Coast, you know, my good chain full times and just find a good slice is really trying to find a good, you know, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack if you're fortunate. But, you know, at a, you know, for the viewers out there and anyone listening and John knows, I actually came across this place through like social media, like Joe's Pizza. I believe uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith was like endorsing it or maybe as like co-ownership. But I remember seeing his face and I remember seeing this place. And I was like, wow, the session studio city is around the corner from my buddy, John. I got to get a hold of him. And I said, hey, John, like, just go check it out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you kept yesing me to death. And Honestly, ever since I talked to you, it seems like you're going there now, there once a week now. It's almost like you know your tradition. You kind of at least places, and, you know. <laughs> you know, it seems like you you'll feel naked if you don't if you pass Joe's Pizza, you don't actually get a slice. I know, and like well, the other place that's been bothering me too is there's a spot right next door in Beverly Hills called Lorenzo, California, and the sandwiches they make there have been like melt like melting me. Down into a puddle like this. I remember so you were telling me about this, and I really—if you can again explain to me—because I had a hard time like compartmentalizing how like Beverly Hills is going to serve up like solid sandwiches <laughs> or food for that matter, but in this case, sandwiches. Can you just, you know, for the yeah, ones who I don't know much about the place, familiar, but like, yeah, I would say just explain it to the average person, like what this place serves and what you got to actually give you this sort of a, you know. This opinion. Oh, that yeah, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. So this is exactly it. I I have to say that the, the, the thing that differentiates it among other sandwich places is not the quality necessarily of their like bread that they proclaim or like the quality of the ingredients because all of them are already like top of the line. They just have the combination of ingredients to me. What cup is really making it? Like, I think, like, let's th let's dive into that. Like, oh man, okay. So yeah, now I'm gonna have there. to. Like, uh, a combination could be anything. Like, I'll, I'll you know, cheese over ham over salami, or maybe some of this bologna over. You know, I mean, it could be anything. So tell 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 me, like, what is this combination that makes? It All right, so, so you know, you're right. So like, basically, like everything is served on focaccia bread, or excuse me, not focaccia bread, ciabatta bread. Like that's yeah. the one thing. Like I think that's like the. Right. The, the best thing I like. The second thing is like, I, I pulled up the menu because I wanted to actually tell you what was in these things. These are not like mega overloaded sandwiches, which is what Anthony expects when he orders a sandwich in New York and like a hero or like a sandwich that's like overflowing with meat. And like the bread is this thin. This is served kind of like, uh, I think it's basically, you know, it's Italian style. I want to say that it's like Florence style, thin, like very, layered slices of thin meats with then like cheeses and maybe like truffles is the one that i love mm. um but yes actually now that i take a look at it like i'm on the website like it is like it's a florid style place um i have to tell you like their fresh pasta my mother-in-law tried it the pesto was out of this world so like let me tell you now this the sandwich that i think made me 
go back and look at their their specials once a week was called the Zola. This is like their it, it's not even listed on their thing with the price. It's like market price. But it was one of the best sandwiches I ever had. It had uh brajola, like gorgonzola, like truffle honey. But then what they put on top that got me was black truffle, shade truffle, bro. They put the truffle on top and I every single bite I had to like stop and chew it slow with my eyes closed. And like I don't do that. Usually I hump a sandwich down in like a minute. Right. So like this one I ate slow and I enjoyed it. But then they have everything else from like prosciutto and brie and like this uh truffle cream. I love this. Uh, that's called the Kodo, the Salomino, the special crudo. Like they have like all of these different Are you styles. online looking at them right now? The whole Yeah, thing. yeah. I pulled up the, the you know, you wanted me to talk about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tell them. I pulled up the menu because it, I go there every time I'm in Beverly Hills and I have to make sometimes that tough decision about whether I'm gonna get a sandwich or get pizza from Joe's because they're literally right next door. So what I started doing is getting a sandwich and bringing the pizza home. <laughs> so oh, like I'll eat the pizza later and I'll eat the sandwich fresh. So, so I mean, I know, you know, first of all, I understand inflation prices are going up and the most basic things, but like if you're buying a sandwich like that in Beverly Hills, like what is a sandwich like that loss, give or take? Well, I have to say, I'm gonna before I even announce it, I'm gonna say that this is the average price of a sandwich at a place that you're gonna go to. Like it is, it is. They're all over the map. Like they have different styles, but right here, one of these sandwiches is gonna run you like like seventeen to twenty bucks. Okay, so like that's a no no. <laughs> seventeen. To me, it's worth every dollar. It's I can go to Subway and get like three healthy classic subs. For that same price, or I'd go to Joe. No, you can't. You can't get a foot long sub for under like what twelve to fifteen dollars. Yeah. Okay. But let's let's talk about this one. So for two or three dollars more, for two or three dollars more, maybe five dollars more, you're going to get the best sandwich you've ever and had to the best right. Well, listen, you went from two dollars now almost five dollars, and now maybe. The- <laughs> That price. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like no. it's like okay, because if you have a two dollar sandwich, you might pay twenty bucks for a you know a sandwich from Lorenzo, but that you know if, you know if you pay fifteen dollars, you're gonna pay five dollars. But I'm telling you, like it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's yeah, and work. you know something like you know when you go to major metropolitan areas, whether it's like Southern California, you know, Miami, but in this case, we're talking about Beverly Hills. You know, the reason why they're charging you that much money is because they know they're giving you like less meat behind the bread. And the bread is probably so thick that that's what you're getting full on. You know, I think I may have told you this last time, but you know, me and my family, we go to like an all you can eat sushi, right? If you've ever been to one of these places, they're really cool. They, they don't, it's, it's really good quality food they gave you. It's not just like they're giving you stuff they couldn't sell. We- We're big fans of all you can eat sushi. So, like when it comes on the conveyor belt, a lot of the food that comes out is really in price, right? The sushi, whether it's like cold or hot, it's coming on. So, you pay like $79 probably for a party of three, maybe a little bit more for all you can eat. But you are actually only consuming probably less than that because you're getting too full up on the cars. <laughs> Anthony, I think when the all you can eat people come in, see me and you walk through the door, they know they're losing money. You know something? Yeah. Whether it's on rice, on fish, and on beer right. or something. You're not wrong. You're right. Like I think, but like we are the exception to the rule, right? And I think this <laughs> is how places are able to leverage the system 
especially if you're in a in a high profile state in the city like you know you know Beverly Hills where we pay fifty dollars. We pay fifty dollars to go to Midori Sushi. All you can eat sushi. That's our favorite place. We go there with our friends, our family all the time. But the kids, you know, so I gotta ask you this question. Was like it came to mind. The one time I remember the one time we were in LA County. I remember this vividly. And you said we gotta go to this great Korean barbecue place. I'm like, all right, cool. Went to this great you know place. I remember sitting down, and what blew my mind was I had to pay them to, for me to cook my own food in the actual table. I almost want to walk yeah, out. Experience. I'm like, what experience? I'm, I had to pay them to cook my own food. Like, this doesn't make any sense. What is that? You're but, right, man. The Korean well, barbecue. Yeah. That, honestly, that's when I knew, like, I don't know if it's like a, a big thing that's trending or was trending, but like, that blew my mind. I'm paying the owner of a restaurant. I'm going to cook the food myself. I'm going to pay you. Right. Like, <laughs> is that place even still open? Uh, I mean, there's like there's like hundreds of them, or dozens, dozens, or, or probably hundreds of them across Los Angeles. Uh, Listen, I, I, the like, Korean barbecue is huge here. I Japanese get it. Barbecue, like, Korean barbecue. They're onto something. The fact that they can convince people to go into their restaurant and they pay you to work. I mean, that's kind of like the story of Joseph Smith with uh, Mormonism. If you ever heard that story, like he actually. Well, we're not we're not going to weaken this, but there's a point to this. But like, if you ever heard the story of Joseph Smith with Mormonism, uh, the creators of South Park talk about this. Like, the story is like he's a naive. You know, he's he went around and he got people to pay him money and to have sex with other people's wives. Like, as Matt Stone said, that's there's something pretty incredible about that that you can convince people to. Yeah, yeah, you can convince right? people to do that. You, you know, in the same thing, like the owner, this who Korean, you know, Korean barbecue owner who's got franchises everywhere is basically telling people, "Yeah, pay me money, and you're going to do work." Like it's like I don't get it. Like, but he's on to something. So you, I mean, it's basically the same thing that every major retailer and food store is doing to us now with self checkouts. Like here, here you go. Go shopping. Pay higher prices for all of our food, so we can tell you it's going towards like you know benefits or wages or whatever. But it's not. It's like it's we have to. No, sell that's different. That's a whole different like side of our topic. Which I'm I getting phased out. We're doing the work. We're being employed. I want a discount. If I discount for checkout, if I'm doing self checkout, like I'm buying that for my own purpose to get out the door faster. Like I in this case, I'm paying a restaurant owner. I'm I'm asking you to wine and dine me. I have to pay you to do your job. Like I mean, he's got a good thing. He's got his he's got his finger on the pulse, and people are buying into it. So uh, <laughs> I, I I just I was it's not like it's not like Benihana or it's like for us like the old Gasha, right? Yeah, like it's Gasha. Like, yeah. I mean, hey, at least like they're cooking it right in front of you. But I was walking to sort of like a Korean hibachi, but man, I was so fucking wrong. I just walked in like they almost gave me a uh, uh, my own nap, my own uh, apron and gloves. I'm cooking it yourself. <laughs> you get your own tongue. You get your own tongue. Do you go make sure that you collect the bill on the way out? I'm like, fuck you. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I love those places, man. I love those places. But you know, I but we we haven't gone there too much because you know we've been going out with the kids, like the kid and like the minor are a little older now. But you know, we couldn't go out there because they'll try to touch the hot grill. You know, they'll jump on the table yeah, a little uh, bit. It, it's 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 definitely hard to go anywhere when you have children between the ages of like one and six. It's just just they just bounce off the walls left and right, and they they don't they don't understand it yet. And you you want to hold back without yelling at them for doing something silly, but no, it's hard. Like even like even when I was going to that place today, um, you know the 
the Elder Street Diner. It was just like a whole production just to get there and back, especially in the snow. You know, that's something you keep forgetting. But yeah, I mean, places like that, you can't really bring kids. It's only it's going to be like another six year plan down the road to do that. Yeah, I think like for us, like we we go out with the kids now, but it's like we try to aim for places that have like chicken tenders and burgers on the menu. I mean, but you know, unless we go to the all you can eat sushi, then they get their bento box of chicken teriyaki. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny you said that. So, like, since you're on chicken, um, the thing that's opened up here in this town I moved into is Chick fil A. And as someone who, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fast food Chick fil A kind of guy, but like, at my old job, the, the, the mere sound of that restaurant, people lost their fucking minds. Like, we're getting Chick fil A in the office. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, well, what, what's the big fab about it? It's supposed to be higher quality chicken, which I don't, I don't really think it is, but you know, you tell that higher quality mm-hmm. chicken, get the fuck out of here. Listen, like, I don't know who's worth marketing thing. I, I honestly, I don't know who's worse, like Chick fil A fans or Swifties. Like, that the, the, the Chick fil A people are on that level of Swifties. Where how if you say one thing wrong about Chick Fil A, it's like how how dare you? Like I've never busy. had it and I'll never have it. I'm not a well. I had it one time and honestly, I was like, yeah, this is like literally, you know, just run the mill. And somebody looked at me and says, why don't you go to Popeyes? Then they don't like our chicken. I said, like, all right, fuck you too, man. <laughs> people always people always talk about like the chicken sandwich and like that's what I'll say, like Popeyes, right? I unfortunately, when Popeyes finally unveiled that chicken sandwich. I remember years ago, like, I don't remember if it was during COVID or what it was, but when they unveiled that chicken sandwich, I was like, you know what? I'll just order a delivery one. I don't, you know, I'll, I'll order it. And when I bit into it, it was like biting into like a tire. It was like undercooked and old and like cold and just, uh, so and I could never eat it again. I never tried it again. So would you go back to KFC? I mean, listen, I'm not a big fast food guy like that, but like, if it sounds like if you had to pick between Chick Fil A, Popeyes, or KFC, which one would you go then? I wouldn't. Why would I pick any of those? Like, they're not the same. Well, listen, someone has a gun to your mouth and says, "Listen, you better fucking choose or else." One of these three restaurants, you have to go, and like that's it. You don't get another option. A KFC. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Even though I heard that they took their uh, fries off the menu. They used oh, to have the wedge fries, the wedge fries. I heard they took them off the menu. So fuck, fuck that place. You know, it's you know, kind but, of- but where I'm like, if I'm going chicken sandwich, though, I t- you tell me. If you, let's see if you can guess where I think the best fast food chicken sandwich is. Uh, so you're asking me generally what what do I think? Your opinion, my is favorite that? is yes. What do I think? Yeah, uh, I think I- it's objective, but. Okay, yeah, well, food is subjective. So if I had to pick one, like, can I get two guesses? Just two? Sure, you can have two. Okay, fine, two. All right, first, I'm going to go with, like, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. I'm going to go, because that's just, like, no, because that's not fast food. And no. Okay, fine. Then the next place I can only think about is got to be, any place that sells chicken, it's got to be McDonald's with that dollar menu, what they have. That's going to be my gut. That's close, but not. All right, then it has to be Wendy's. Then, like, I mean, we're running out of options. That's three guesses. Burger okay. King, baby. Well, I got a original. What am I making? Sandwich. Burger King's original chicken sandwich is no the way. Best chicken. Oh, the long chicken. Like, I, I just think that is that is the. I still eat it to this day. I mean, I still eat it to this day. Is 
It's kind of like, you know, and we'll mention, is that like a seasonal thing they bring on the menu back and forth? Or oh, that- hell no, baby. That thing's on the menu all the time. Right. Like every time really- I go, I see the little offer, buy one, get one free. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know something? I, I order an extra lemonade just so they don't think I'm eating it all myself. I'm actually curious now, like just you know, speculating like how much demand they would get if they would make seasonal. It's kind of like what Alan said in the hangover about um the the McRib being gone <laughs> when he writes a letter to uh what <laughs> when he writes a letter to uh uh to Leslie, I forgot the actor who plays his name, but he was the uh he's actually OBGYN doctor, I forgot his name. He's he, you know, he's he's out. But uh no, but he he played the he, he played the Asian doctor. But anyway, he writes him a letter saying, "Yeah, why oh why was the McRib gone? Why would they ever take it back?" Like, yeah, <laughs> it was. Just, I never had the McRib. Have you ever tried it? No, my God, no. I don't think I could ever bring myself to eat reformed meat that like like they make it look like ribs. But why? But why? <laughs> you know, yeah, like why? You know, I mean, it's like. Apparently, I know a few people who went nuts for that when they went back on the menu again. And Ken Jong, that's who it was. Ken Jong. I, I said that. You don't hear me. Okay, I thought you said Kim Jong Un. I'm like, no, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have took a little bit off. Just a little bit off. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, that that's. Uh, I'm now. I'm curious now. What would happen? That you know, if they just took it off the menu for like you know two seasons. And I don't. Them. I don't. I. You know what would happen? I burn one of them down. Probably. You really? I would be super fucking pissed. Yeah. You gotta burn down, man. No, <laughs> I definitely. I would be upset if they took the original chicken sandwich off the menu. But I will say, they they tried to bring some other chicken sandwiches over the years. When I went to college, we were lucky enough to have a Burger King on campus. And I don't know what the, the handshake agreement was or what, what happened or how this, but we were blessed to every single day get excess spicy and regular uh, tender crisps, chicken tender crisps mm. over to the, the, you know, the, the dormitory halls. So we could go downstairs and get like a chicken wrap with like lettuce, tomato, and whatever you want, ranch. And then be like, give me what the, the chicken, crispy chicken tender crisp. And it was like a cut up piece of Burger King's fucking chicken inside the thing. And let me tell you, bro, that to me, to this day, I've never been able to top, top that. And uh, they put it on the grill for us. Oh, my God. Yeah. Any of my UOBITY people can, would know about I mean, that. Have you, have you tried making your own fried chicken? Like, do you feel like it comes the same? Or is it just like... This, I don't do fried chicken because I'm not like... I never buy buttermilk. And unless I'm making it that day... Or like the next day, and I'm going to absolutely commit to it, which is never. Like I never make fried chicken because I want to do it in the buttermilk and I want to do it the right way and like a cast iron pan or, you know, lately what I have been doing is my chicken wings. And that now, dude, like I'm, I might sell them, bro. I might sell them. Like I love making chicken wings. So I, I use my deep fryer, like my turkey pot for that. I've been actually thinking about another side hustle, which a friend of mine, a few friends of mine have been saying, bugging me to do. I just don't have like the equipment to do this type of quantity which is like making brisket and if i know you know what goes in making a brisket and obviously that's more time consuming i should probably scale down on something a bit more like easier sling out a lot quicker maybe at the corner of the street but i've been really thinking about just getting briskets and then just asking people like you want a brisket for your next party i'll smoke it and you can charge double for what it actually costs you to get because you have to consider like the price to take them buy it prep it make it and sell it so yeah, 
I think that's a great idea. Again, like I don't really have like 18 hours a day every day to sort of like sling out briskets like that. Uh, I would right. Like but what you would do market. is you would say, what you would do is you would say you first need to buy, like I know you like to smoke yours, right? You don't necessarily like put yours on uh, hot coals. But what you could do is they sell like you could or you could make this the fifty gallon drums, like the big oil drums. You get those big drums, you cut them in half, or you could buy them like that. You put that grate, the steel grate, across the top, and then that it becomes your smoke, your smoker, and you can do like five or six or more of them at a time. Because I know you have that great egg, you know, ceramic one, but yeah. that's one at a time. If you get the big oil drums, you could do like six at a time, and then you could say, hey. I'm going to have six or 12 or whatever available on Saturday and like the same six, 12 available on Sunday. And that's it. And it's yeah. limited stock, limited supply. You know, you could call me in reserve, you know, to, you know, 24 hours in advance. But other than that, you know, if you're not on the list, you're not on the list. Better luck. Yeah. Time. I mean, you got to remember like red hustles, like you should never really be exchanging your time right for money right that's something that even like the most successful entrepreneurs will say and again we're not going to go into this conversation this is for like a whole other day but you know side hustle should be something that's making you money in the background but you're not actually giving any additional passive income passive income yeah literally took the words right out of my mouth what to say it's passive income um so if you have to actually you know use most of your time to do it you know, God be with you, but like the best people who make the most money is usually working for them without having them to literally do any additional steps on their own. So let me suggest that cooking is not a viable side hustle for you then. If you don't think that putting the time into it is worth it. Well, no, I think it is. But I think like if, again, like if you work a nine to five J-O-B, just over broke job and you then decide, you know something, I'm gonna now use my after hours for the side hustle time to do it. You shouldn't have to be doing that. Like that time is meant for other endeavors while something else, maybe you invest in the real estate somewhere else, maybe you invest in certain stocks or options or just keep moving your money in between things. And but again, like or you spend a couple hundred bucks, you buy an oil drum and you make your brisket because it makes you happy. Well, it's, yeah, it's a one-time thing. So, like, if I can find, if I can just feel stumble across, you know, two thousand dollars on the road, I'll buy it. Well, yeah, that's money coming in my pocket. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> telling you, you don't even need that. I don't think it would cost that much. And you know what, your brisket's that good, bro. Like, I think like you no, could definitely. Father doesn't really think too much. I mean, that's always up for debate. But I'd like to bring him on the show and literally have a brisket cook-off, and I would like to put it in the record, like who smokes the best cow. So. <laughs> Like that, I, I think I'm coming down to that. So I, I know who smokes the best pole, and that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. No, but like I've been making my chicken wings, and like what I found, uh, because I I do like to cook. I know, like just you know, you guys do over there, you know. And my favorite thing right now is the wings because I've been getting them super crispy, and then oh. I saw some. So let me ask you. So when you're doing your wings and everyone has their own little like, you know, shazza sure, to it, sure, like, yeah. when, you're, when you're doing your wings, are you baking them and then maybe coating them with, let's say, honey and maybe some extra sugar back in the oven to rebake and then saucing? Or are you Bake. baking your wings and then from there, you're going to deep fry them a little bit and then sauce them? Because Anthony, I'm an American. I fry my wings. Fry? I don't bake. I don't bake. Listen, some oil. Listen, if food is subjective, smoke baking. 
I'm not one of them, but like I know a guy. My mom bakes. My mom bakes her wings. Yeah, and and, and I'm sure you probably were just like asking, like, how am I related to you? <laughs> like, <laughs> my my mom bakes her wings, but no, like what I do is I I have like a couple stage process. Like, obviously, if I I have time, I'll marinate them. I'll, you know, I say marinate. Like, you're not gonna cover them, but like I'll put like Italian dressing all over them. Like, I just Italian dressing on the wings. To like you know massage them in there for as long as I possibly can, right? You massage your wings, you add them. Why not massage? Well, you know, like get your hands in there. You got to get the you know you know yeah. Gotta I, get I, the, don't know, man. You, uh, the marinade. All right. I mean, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I massage the wings. I get them coated in the the marinade. You know, after letting them sit for however long I can, then I obviously drain the marinade, and then I do. This is where I think people go crazy. I do cornstarch and flour mixed with salt, pepper, and garlic powder. Now, there's a couple of things you can do with that at that stage to make them like Cajun style. You can add like uh, cayenne pepper. You can add uh, paprika or smoked paprika, and you can do that to like the that batter, right? That base. That's just dry. And then from that point, because you already have like, you know, kind of like a damp wing, what you could do is you take that mix, which I think is like, for me, it's like uh, three parts cornstarch to two parts, um, what do you call it, flour. And then that's when you dredge them and you get them coated with that dried flour, however much you have. And then the most important thing is my oil, I keep just under 400 degrees. Like I keep it like, between 375 and 400 because obviously like things for like backyard chefs to know and home chefs you got to keep your oil the same temperature so if you have it at 375 and then you jump drop a bunch of defrosted right cold wings cold meat into your oil it brings down the temperature so get your like temperature up to about 400 so that when you put those wings in and you do it real slow into the deep fryer like into the oil. I use vegetable oil right now, but like I'm going to try, you know, maybe using corn oil or something else, but vegetable oil, lower it down in and then, you know, just keep checking on them. Should take, depending on the size of the wings, between like seven to 10 minutes per batch. And I do not have a dozen Yeah, no, like, and I guess let me ask you this, like, is, that's your way of doing things. Like what has in your experience, other people were doing, is it been like the same? I mean, other people, other, I don't know anybody that makes their own wings, man. Anybody that I know that's made their own wings, I have not enjoyed. Let me just tell you that because like things that like, let me just, it grosses me out, excuse me out. Like when the, when you go to have a chicken wing and you still see the bumps of the skin of the chicken, like the, and it's like, you can still move the skin on the chicken wing. Like, I think it should be crispy and crunchy. Like that, yes, wet and soggy, and like, oh, all right, yeah, I soggy. I understand, yeah, I understand that. That's like what you might get in a bowling alley or somewhere that you're just laying in some cheap knockoff, like fried chicken skin that's moving on top. I get that part. I've I've eaten people's wings that serve them like that, and it, I mean, are they probably there? Are they, they no, they just literally there was a rush. Okay, you want to know a real funny story? Yeah, man, please. Oh my God, Anthony. All right. You're getting for a good one here. Oh, my mother-in-law is going to kill me. Okay. So be careful, man. I think your wife's in the back. So let's backtrack. Let's backtrack here. So we had, (laughs) we had, um, what I use to fry my wings in is not a, 
deep fryer, like, you know, or whatever. I don't have like an industrial fryer. I have a, a turkey fryer. Yeah, yeah, I've okay, seen. It. So it's the big pot that has the thing with the, you know, the flame underneath with the kerosene, yeah. you know, the propane yeah. tank out here. They're great. I, if you don't own one now, you know, anybody that's listening, go buy one now. It's the best thing you can do. I think mine is like the King Crab or King Cooker, whatever the, the brand is. It is awesome. It comes with like a big tin pot, like a big tall one, a strainer baskets, a short pot to do like donuts or chicken wings and things like I'm talking about. And like what I also love is the handle and basket to, to, up and down and you shake yeah. it and all yeah, the oil yeah. flies out right so that's why i got it now the other thing is that it comes with and what they advertise this for is not even for turkey fry they advertise this for shrimp like for shrimp, shrimp boils like crawfish boils yeah like louisiana crawfish boils now my neighbor growing up uh great family across the street from us they were from louisiana they used to, in their yard, do it the old school style, digging a hole in their yard and cooking the crawfish in their, their like their stuff underground, like in a pit. It was like the most shocking and delicious thing to me, like as a young kid. And to this day, like I can never recreate theirs. But what inspired me to buy this setup is I got invited to this party and they were like, oh, it's a shrimp boil, crawfish boil. Like you know, we're, they're making it. And that to me is, again, it, it brings back childhood memories. I love it. Okay. We go to the party and we're all starving because you know, you know how much you can eat. There's potatoes and corn and peppers and you know the shrimp and everything inside of it. And Anthony, they they go and they have the table set up with the paper and everything on the table. And we're like, all right, let's eat. And they go and they pour it on the table, and there's no sauce, no salt, no pepper, no garlic, no old bay, no seasoning, nothing. It is just boiled potatoes, boiled shrimp, boiled corn, maybe there's some peppers in there, boiled sausage, but like nothing else, no seasoning whatsoever. And I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, they, maybe they, there was like miscommunication. Somebody thought they did. Second batch comes out. Same. Batch after batch. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So then I'm like, maybe it was just a one-time thing. Like, again, they ran out of Old Bay. They, they said, let's just make the, what we got. No, every year that's the same recipe. So finally, it inspired me to go out and buy this setup to make. And like, I'm telling you, like, I, I love making it. And the first thing I did was do a, a crawfish and shrimp boil. Yeah. So <laughs> I know you ordered all that stuff and I made it. I mean, like, I, I, I was listening to this story and I was like waiting for the punchline. Like, that was it. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, no seasoning, bro. Like, like I can't believe it. Like, you know, I thought maybe like, you were going to tell me, like, you, you accidentally burned down your mother in law's like wall or maybe like you had to use, I don't know. Oh, no. Well, I mean, I mean we know them. I don't want them to, to, to I don't want to embarrass them. <laughs> but, you know, too late now. But you know something, like, now here's a cooking tip I've done before, and I'm gonna do it again. And I really recommend this. If you um, are you familiar with kung fi, kung, you ever heard that cooking style of of kung kung fi? Kung, yeah, kung fi. So um, it's like it's up that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a French style to cooking that instead of actually putting meat or you know cooking into oil or another you know substance your choice you actually cook the meat in its own fat now yeah it's typically called duck fat but i've actually have cooked meat in like like brisket i've actually soaked it in its own fat and let it cook that way for a couple of hours and the meat just comes out more tender because Ooh. 
obviously heat's not gonna you know it's not getting any hotter or colder it's just it's own fat it's cooking itself so i mean i like that i cook eggs in fat like of sausage or bacon yeah i mean like helium level is through the fucking roof but like if you have the time to experiment with it like i recommend doing it um you can even go on youtube and just check out some of the people who already do it but they use the turkey fryer for that instead of it being oil they're putting it in fat its own fat like whether it's the meat of the animal you're cooking and they'll let us simmer. I down. feel like that would be like incredibly dangerous. But like, and how do you? Oh, yeah, I mean, like much turkey fat. Well, no, like you would have to buy like fat from the store that you sell it. So like when you do like a brisket, like when I do it, I actually coat the brisket in beef tallow. Right? They make chicken tallow. They make you know it, it depends on the animal you're looking for. It's really fat from that type of animal. Otherwise, you actually risk changing the flavor of the meat you're cooking into. So you would need to actually buy the fat or use whatever you're trimming off of the animal. Once you actually get it, you get it down to its liquid form, and then you can cook it right in some fat. Yeah, turkey schmaltz and lard. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's something for your next backyard barbecue or your next backyard experiment when you have this like time to kill and you're like, you know something, I want to get like creative. Go buy a, a turkey, go buy whatever you want go in the backyard and then just like go in that chick that turkey fry and like just let it sit in that fat for several hours and i guarantee you you're gonna walk the out problem is turkey's like the most lean meat that they have yeah so that's why i always say like go with something a little more tender like maybe like beef or steak something that has a little more like you know meat to it that you know can really join you know maybe i'll do the just i'll start with the duck yeah, I mean, you never cook duck, duck l'orange. My kids love like, uh, you know, Chinese and Thai food. So we do like Chinese, like, or fried rice all the time. Like, we'll order from a Chinese place or a Thai place. And I feel like duck is just kind of like a natural thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to watch the dog pee now. <laughs> dog. He's trying to get out. Oh, man. But, but yeah, man, like, I could try that, like, cooking in some fat. No, I'm trying to do it. You'll cook see. Fat fat. I, like I said, I love cooking eggs and stuff in fat. And as a matter of fact, I just have a bunch of it here because I cooked burgers yesterday. Yeah. So, like, I took the fat and I like, put it on the side, you know, so I've got some beef. No, give it a shot. I, I guarantee you it'll be, you know, you won't regret it. It'll, it'll be something you never really tasted before. Tell me if I'll regret this. How often do you use your slicer? Because Jody almost got me a slicer today. She yeah, like you needed a hobble that at, like last week because like, I use a slicer whenever I can. So like, what do you I slice thought, with it? What don't I slice with it? Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you like, do it like in Seinfeld? Do you like cut shoes and shit I, with I, it? Or like? Listen, I, I've I've cut fruit in that thing. I've cut like vegetables. I've cut bread in that thing. It literally like. You want something cut to your liking? I use it. So a lot of how times, thick of a how thick could you make it? You can go as thick as probably you know I would say several inches between your thumb to your cuticle off your index finger to as thin as a piece of paper, if not. Thin. So you want so you want to do like if I wanted to take a loaf of Italian bread and make like bruschetta or something like that, I could take it, shove the bread on the side, and get it to be like you know a, like a couple inches, two inches thick. You can, get thinner. you can go get thinner than that if you want to. Well, I know I can get it thinner because like I meat, you know, I want to see when I cut meat, I want to see through it. Yeah, I like everyone deli meat when I can see through it. So yeah, so like you can do that. So when I'm using the slicer, typically well, you I use it mainly, you know, recently black roast beef sandwiches. So we'll get like a you know, a, uh, 
you know, roast cut or anything of that nature, and then we'll cook it up. And then whatever leftovers we have, we'll just take that bad boy, just slice it, right? We make sandwiches the next day. You can't beat it. It makes me really wish I had one when my dad made prime rib for Christmas. My dad made prime rib for Christmas, dude. And I, I will tell you, like, it, it was so good that we made, I ended up for New Year's, I froze it, the leftovers, and sliced it really thin just with a knife, but like, you know, sliced it really thin. And for New Year's Eve, I made all like basically French dip or au jus sliders because we had the juice le left over. Yeah. I froze the juice, defrosted that. And then I put like, I used King's Hawaiian. Put mm. the I put the um, prime rib down on top of it. Put a little bit of provolone, you know, we you know, which I think was great. Like the you know that really sealed it, and then a little bit of the juice, and then we toasted. But you know we put the kings you know the top of the bread, toasted that so that it was hot and melted the cheese, and then yeah. everybody cut, took a piece and you could dip, dip it in the sauce, dip it in the au jus. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw someone do something similar like that. Like he did a slow cooker. Like he took like a uh like a beef like a beef chuck and like literally just put in like the slow cooker for like eight hours. The guy was at work, came back, shredded it, put it into like as exactly as you talked about. Like literally took them out of the sliders, put them in the oven, baked it for like twenty minutes, came back, you could dunk it. Like it's you know same idea, but like right, like the slicer like. You'll find probably you'll probably get more creative what you can actually slice with. I'm telling you right now. Um, one of the reasons I was telling her to not do it, to not get it today, or why I was thinking is because I also bought the meat grinder from the attachment. Yeah, and that's food. something, I, and that's something else I really need to invest in because you know, I'll let you tell your story, but just to add up mine, um, no, no, yeah, please. The thing is, is like I've actually we, we've actually been trimming. Like when you go through the cooking process, you actually underestimate like how much of the meat you're actually like throwing away and discarding. So like when I'm doing a brisket, right, you are probably shaving off probably a good thirty percent of that meat, and and some of it's actually some pretty good meat. like it's actually meat, but it's mainly fat. But you can take that and literally grind that up into like burgers or sausages. Exactly, like, spend so much money. Like you, you're basically it's like you know, it's like I'm buying a loaf of bread. I'm gonna take away three. Just take this loaf of throw it. This half of the loaf of throw it away. I don't need it. Right? Like, yeah, I'm know. with you, man. That's why I got it too. Because my my big thing is like you know my grandfather like you know, was a butcher. You know I'm named after him. John. You know my grandpa John. You know he passed away before I was born. But you know my dad worked in his shop until he went to college. You know and was like a butcher and everything. And he has like all these recipes for different types of like homemade sausage and things that. You know, I would love to I'm get into it. And father didn't actually go into business like that. I mean, it just seems like I mean, you know, you never know. It's never too late. But you know, I think like for me, like I just want to try making like classic. I'm gonna do like you know, pork sausage, you know, maybe, maybe do like a pork beef blend, but I think I'm gonna do like pork sausage with cheese and um broccoli rob. I want to put that in there. Yeah. I'm actually like, I've been thinking like the next time, you know, I actually have hosts around, I do want to do like a sandwich day where I just get creative making like crazy sandwiches, right? Where like hot and cold and just like slinging it on the fly. Let's make this. Oh my God. Just like, you know, one of the best ones out cold cuts or like, seriously, uh, uh, chicken, chicken cutlets, like a cold chicken cutlet sandwich. Like that to me is like one of the best things. Yeah, um, well, what do you want with that? You just want it just by itself? No, ro roasted red, roasted red peppers, like cold roasted red peppers on top. I mean, this could all be done. This is why I love the versatility of a sandwich. This one could go both ways, hot or cold. 
But regardless, it's the um, roasted red peppers, light balsamic glaze, like that glaze, like the thicker balsamic. You put that on there, and I'm telling you that it's, you don't even need cheese, but fresh mozzarella. Like you could put that on top if you wanted. Oh my god! When, if you're, what's your ideal sandwich though? Like if oh. you're gonna make a sandwich on your deathbed. My deathbed? Oh man! Oh, Tony, Big Tony, you froze. Listen, I know you froze too, but it's okay. the The show goes on. We're still going. Can you? <laughs> yeah. See if you could just stop your camera and restart your camera. Um, this is going on here, man. God, like I know, like you got a really funny face because it looks like you're grinning, but you're grinning. I think it's okay on mine. I think it's okay on mine. Um, let's take a look. See. I don't know what's happening. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. I don't know. Guess that's the way the cookie crumbles. I removed you from the stage and I'm adding you back. Ah, okay. There you go. No, but let's see. Gadget, turn your camera back on. All right. Let's take a look. See. I see your little profile picture. There we go. Can you see me now? No, you're all black. I'm all, how about, oh, now I can see it. Now I can see it. Yeah, look, I saw. Yeah, so anyone who's watching this, we sorry about the, you know we, we are sorry. We're actually like amateurs doing this at the first couple of times, but like don't worry, like we expect more technical difficulties going forward. So <laughs> yeah, I don't expect it to get easier from here. <laughs> I don't like, know. Be, like but yeah. you learn a little bit every day as we. You know, as the, Listen, as I think just thinking on your feet is always shows good, you know, sportsmanship. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> But no, that's good, man. And I think that was that's a good uh, that's a good place to wrap it up for today. We had a good talk, and you know, I think uh, you know our next show when you know we got a lot to keep going on because I'm definitely uh, interested to hear about uh, you know the movies we were talking about. Right, me and Anthony are big onto to movies, film, you know, TV, film, you know, Golden Age of Hollywood. You know, it's all relevant. But yeah, like I got a lot to say on that, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. We just I know, like, and I think we're going to get into like the different streamers and kind of talk about like what we think about you know the different content and what's going on with the yeah. industry, things like that. I have a few people when I'm like put on the spot, and you know, especially that and with the writer strike going on right now, that's what's going on. Like that's been over for months, but anyway. Yeah, I know. But I still have some. I still have some points on that though. Still, so like I have some. I have some. I don't think any of your points are going to be need to be heard on that. I guess I got some ideas. I got perfect timing. (laughs) Awesome, man. All right, Big Tony. We'll talk to you later, man. Thanks, everybody.